Welcome. Thanks for joining us. This is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we have a conversation with Trey Ganim. Trey designs and creates custom caskets for a living. Yep, that's right. He's a casket maker. But that's not all Trey does. He's also a medium, which means he's able to communicate with those who have passed on. And as you're about to hear, that works out quite well to complement what he does for a living. Trey and his wife Michelle drove in from Edna, Texas to Austin to do this recording, which I'm extremely grateful for because it's always nice to see people in person when you're talking to them. And in this case, you really do get a better picture of what Trey and Michelle are like by being in their presence. Since they were here in person, we were able to meet David too. David is a beautiful, transparent quartz crystal skull, which is quite large. I would say it's slightly bigger than a softball. And in the interview you're about to listen to, Trey tells the fascinating story of how he and David came together. Trey is a terrific conversationalist, and his friendly, down-to-earth personality makes you feel like old friends almost instantly. You can tell immediately that both Trey and Michelle are genuine and kind people, and I had a great time talking to both of them. And one more thing I want to mention is that A&E is doing a TV show about Trey called Trey the Texas Medium, and I'll let you hear about how that came to be from Trey himself. Now, let's go to the conversation. I felt a lot of energy in that meditation. I normally don't feel that in here, and I felt that really strong right there. That's Violet, by the way. That's my little girlfriend. (laughs) That's what I call her. She's so excited when I open up. So you're right here, the third eye. Mm -hmm. So she has a name for me. Yeah. So who's Violet? Violet's my third eye. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I thought it was like a spirit that you were going to tell us about. Yeah, well, she is my spirit. She's Uh like one of my spirit guides. It's funny. She's... uh, I, I'm, and everybody freaks out because I do open up and open my chakras and everything. So yeah. when it's time for her, I see her and she's super excited. So she's it's almost like Tinkerbell's flying around up in there. And she's like, okay, it's my turn. Let me out. Let me out. Oh, so that's, that's why I call her Violet. That's interesting. So you have been working with your energy system then for a while or? Um, I guess for three years. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That's very cool. A, I, I wouldn't have guessed that about you at all. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I don't look the part, I guess. <laughs> That's what's so fun about that is yeah. just showing that like, oh, there is no look for having spiritual gifts. Yeah. Uh, but I have to like ask about your other chakras then. If Violet is a she, um, do you have uh, chakras that you call he and do nope. they have different names or Violet's the only one that she's, has a name? She's or? the only one that gets excited and helps me see. So that's great for me. Cool. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Yeah, it, it's sure. unique because I've talked to uh, quite a few people and they said, wow, okay, we've never had that before. It's just, you know, <laughs> just colors. Yeah. No, this uh-huh. is her name and this, she's excited to come out. And so, yeah. Well, we're happy to have Violet here. Yeah. yeah Violet's sure. here and yeah. David. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So t- tell people about David. So, David um, is a skull, crystal skull. Uh, it was pretty interesting how uh, David came about. And, um, I was up late one night and I was watching History Channel because I like watching stuff like that. And they were talking about ancient aliens and things that weren't from here. And there was a full thing on the crystal skulls. And so I'm like, wow. Okay. Talking about the energies uh, that they have and that they're able to help you do certain things. And and 
I'm like, okay, I want to see one of these or actually, you know, get one. I know I can't go buy one of these because these aren't for sale. They're, you know, in specific people's pans and they don't give them away. Um, so we went to a, um, what was, where did we go? I can't even remember where we went. The, I don't remember what convention was. The, it was a fair or whatever, but um, it was like a spiritual convention. Or yeah, something. spiritual convention. Okay, yeah, uh, but yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it. I had a name for it. And I couldn't remember, but our friends he, went. He's at. By the way, he's asking his wife Michelle. She's in the room with us. So. Yeah, she's in the back over <laughs> it's here. It's okay if she talks too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, we're there, and sure enough, they have a booth. And this was, I'm like, okay, I've never heard anything about it, but there's a booth there with Bristol skulls and other types. So. Of course, I'm intrigued. I'm like, okay, I saw this last night. There's not a coincidence. I have to go over here. And I go to the table, and the lady has these huge skulls there. Um, and she's fixing to do a seminar at 3 o'clock where she has a um, like a little conference room. Everybody sits down, and and people ask questions. Um, so, so she's you know basically translating through the skulls what they have to say for each one of these individuals. So she goes, you should come. And I'm like, okay, I'm interested. I want to go listen. You know, I have a, so the, so the skulls have like energy in them or like an identity, I guess. Yes. And, and, and all of them will tell you the, their names. Uh, oh, you, wow. you know, she, she heard their names. So the unique thing about it is I see, I hear, I smell, I taste, I know it's kind of, it's, I have a lot of elements, uh, for me. So I felt the energy when I walked to the table immediately Okay, and there was one that I was drawn to that wasn't in this little section that she had because it says these are not for sale. And I said, I really like that one. And it was shaped a little different. And she said, oh, that's David. She said, as in King David. Uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I said, I'm really drawn to this one. And she said, yeah, this is like, because it dates back to King David in the Bible's time. And he says his name is this and i'm like okay and so, so the put, actual school dates back that far yes whoa so that that that's what was really unique um uh, about what this particular skull was uh-huh. and i'm like okay i'm looking at that price and i'm going no, i can't buy that <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no way and um so i'm looking at it and and i, and I said well can i touch it she said sure and i put my hand on the top of it and i could just feel the energy coming out of this thing and it was it was really for me I knew that I was supposed to try to to pick this and take this, and I'm like, okay, do you take payments? Can you hold this thing? You know, are you sure that <laughs> do you, you know, layaway? Yeah, crystal skull and, layaway. Um, <laughs> so it was it was uh, pretty pretty intense, and I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how I can do this. You know, I'm like, I got to sell my motorcycle, I got to sell this car, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to do to get this, and um, I'm like, okay, so it's fixing to be three. So she goes and does her little seminar. Well, I go sit in the seminar and I'm actually there for an ear candling, uh, because I had an earache and I'm like, okay, you can try this and it'll help pull out on the impurities. And, uh, I'm like, all right, cool. So I go and I'm listening to her speak and she goes through her thing and she goes, okay, now you can ask questions. Every question that someone asked her, I already knew the answer. And I'm going, I, I'm going to go, because I could hear and it was really interesting for me and I'm, and I'm sitting back there just smiling going this is her thing I'm not going to try to step in and say hey I know what you need to know because she was saying basically that but I knew before she said it what they were going to say and I'm like okay it's 3.30 I got to step out of here so I snuck out the back um, went for my ear candling thing 
Uh, and then was talking to my wife. There's a lot of other things happened between there. And I'm looking over there, and now David's pointing at me um, like he's a different direction than he was. And I'm like, okay, nobody's touched him, I'm sure. He's, <laughs> he's looking at me. Yeah, I have to take him. <laughs> and um, so I'm like, okay, I got to go back over here. And I was talking to the lady's husband that, uh, at the booth, and he was just going on and on about things. And um, she said, well, you know, some things happen, just manifest it. And if there's a way, you know, he will become your, you know, you all, y'all will be together. And, uh, so we, I'm out in the hall, it's been an hour later or so walking around and I got a phone call. I was on the phone. This little lady walks up to me. She says, I need you to come with me back to the coal booth. And I'm like, okay. I was like, man, this lady's going to maybe hold him for me or, or, you know, she sent her to come get me. So it was a different lady, different lady, okay. just some random lady that was at the convention oh, okay and um she comes up and she says i need you to come back and i was like okay i said i'm on the phone she goes no hurry I said okay so i get through with my phone call i walk over to the booth she's standing there david's missing and it's getting time for them to pack up and leave and i'm looking and there's he's gone and this lady turns around and she says this skull stopped me when i walked by and told me to come find you this is my gift to you. And I'm like, what? I'm just, I start crying. I'm like, okay, I'm not, you know, I, I just was really emotional at that time. I'm like, are you kidding? I can't be, but I have to, because you know, it was a gift. And she didn't know that I was looking at this. The lady that owned the booth did not know. She just walked by and stopped and looked at the skull, picked it up, set it back down, told the lady to hold it and came and found me. And gifted me the skull for free. Oh, what the heck? I thought the lady from the crystal booth gave you that. No. Oh, some random lady some, walking by. Wow. And that's so, incredible. And so my wife was at a, um, she was getting a read and I'm over there and I'm like, babe, babe, you know, I'm trying to cut her off because I'm, I could tell they're almost finished and she's looking at me with her finger going, uh-uh, <laughs> uh-uh. And I'm going, you need to come here. And so I, I, she gets up and I tell her, I was like, this lady just bought David for me and gave it to me. She said, do what? And um, so I told her, I was like, let me go get my wife. I want you to meet her. Well, we go over there. My wife has hot pink hair. So we walk back for her to meet her. Well, she's holding a pink rose quartz skull. And she asked my wife, she goes, tell me what you feel. My wife's like, it's heavy. I was like, no, babe, <laughs> that's not what she's talking about. Is there some type of energy? Do you feel any connection with this? And, um, I said, that's Mary. And she starts laughing. She goes, because there was a connection um, with my wife and Mary Magdalene. Um, so anyway, it was, and she's like, I want you to have this. And so she purchased both of these skulls for me and my wife. Wow. And we're like, okay, how do I repay you? Can I at least take you out to dinner or, you know, can I? No. She said that my counsel told me that these are yours. And she goes, and I'm a homebody. I don't go out. This is just, I was coming today and I knew there was a reason and you're it. And I was like, wow. I have to say, um, wild story. so Trey brought David here and David has this amazing energy. And then even, so we, uh, Tim and I both um, were holding David before and just kind of like, whoa, tapping into this energy. And then, then I felt that kind of like die down. And then when Trey started talking about David again, all of that energy, even right now, is like really activated again. I really feel it's a very strong energy. Yeah, I yeah, I said I could feel it in the meditation. <laughs> so yeah, definitely something different about this this recording than previous ones. Yeah, y'all got me. I'm I'm, I'm chilled up right now, so that, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so so Trey, what do you do for work for a living? 
I actually do custom caskets. Wow. So how did you get into that? So I guess 27 years ago, a friend of mine passed away and I went to his service and I'm like, why is he in this? You know, this is a sad box. You know, for me, I'm like, why is he in this grandma box? You know, he's a teenager. He shouldn't be in something that looks like this. I'm like, you know, we, we hunted together and stuff. And you know, it was back then. And I'm like, he needs camouflage interior, you know, something that would bring back the memories for, you know, the campfire stories when we had fun out at the ranch or, you know, whatever it was, just not a box. Yeah. So that's grandma box. I love that. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's I know everybody, (laughs) it is what it is. When you walk in, it's like, you know, people look at those and it's like, okay, well, this one has this. They all look the same. Like literally they can have all kinds of features, but exterior wise, they all look the same. They all have the same weird colors you know i mean it's just uh it's been that tradition and so for what i do now and for it's about the same price as the funeral home sometimes we're cheaper and and we do full custom we do custom paint on there custom interior um we do custom urns but those are a little uh i outsource most of those unless they're really eccentric which i love so you say we so you've built this into a business then oh yeah at this point my my business we usually do between four and five caskets a week oh wow uh sometimes more than that um but that's about our average what we do and since i i I do readings too so um that's another reason why i'm here tell the story about how your readings came about it's a really interesting story and actually i met trey when he and his wife came in and had past life regressions and this was maybe i don't know like six months or something like after kind of like everything had just been really activated some years ago and so i really it, it was like i think all pretty intense and overwhelming then and i think now you've had time to work with your gift more and so i want to hear all about that but let's start from the beginning when it first happened so when i was five i was able to see and I told my mom, I said, Mom, I can see, you know, there's people here. No, they're not, son. So she takes me to a priest, you know, and he puts the holy water on me. And then, you know, that's, that would be scared, you know, just get away from that. So it scared me as a five-year-old kid. I don't know what to do. She didn't know what to do with me because it was something odd, something different. And, you know, is my son possessed or what's going on? And so I suppressed it. But all through the years, I would get specific things and know, okay, that's fixing to happen. I, I would have that, and but I kind of just put it on the back burner. When I started doing the caskets, it was like a switch came on. And I mean literally a switch. I did uh, five kids burned in the fire, donated the caskets. I knew the children. It was really sad because I didn't want to do kids. I always wanted to do people who lived their life until we did the first one. And we did a little Ninja Turtle casket for this kid, and it was just so amazing to see how it helped the family. And I'm like, okay, I don't want any kid to be without. So I did that. And while I'm doing this, I'm getting messages. And I don't know what to do with it because I've never really tapped into that. And the oldest son did not want to go. I mean, he kept giving me a hard time when we paint the casket. And I'd have to redo this and redo that. And then finally, I got it perfect. And um, it was very overwhelming for me. And as soon as I finished, I started working I heard a voice and it said, you need to do a incredible Hulk casket. So I started building this incredible Hulk casket and kid sizes. There's six different sizes, you know, uh, from two foot six all the way on up to adult size. And I build this thing 
and it sits in my living room at my house because I'm doing upholstery there. And my wife's like, can you get this out of my house? I'm tired of looking at this casket sitting in the living room. I'm like, yeah, babe, you know, I'll get it done when I can. And I woke up one morning. I'm like, okay, I have to finish this. And walked in there. I sewed the whole inside, put it together, took a picture of it, took a step back in my phone ring. And it's a funeral director out of Oklahoma. And he said, hey, I'm, um, we saw what you did for the children. And we're looking for a superhero casket. I was like, okay, what kind? Incredible Hulk. I was like, okay, what size? And it's the exact size I have. I said, I'm looking at it and I just finished it. He said, can you send me a picture? So I send this picture to him. He's like, okay, we want it. The family's here. This little boy was diagnosed with cancer. He's telling me the story three months ago, the day that I started on it. And the day that I finished it was the day he needed it. I'm going, wow, Wow. what a coincidence. So this happened four other times back to back to back and i'm going okay there's something here going on like literally something's going on and my wife's freaking out because she was you know southern baptist and this and that you're not supposed to hear see and um anyway we we uh we were driving down the road and i look at her and i tell her i said hey babe i said we're fixing to do a mario brothers cask it's gonna be blue i tell the little boy's name and the size what are you talking about i was like i don't know i said hmm well then my phone rings and it's a funeral director and she asked me for a blue Mario Brothers, said a little kid's name, what size. I said, can you tell my wife? <laughs> and she's looking at me, what? Because she's really shy, even though if you see her, you wouldn't know. And um, I handed her the phone and she tells her the exact same thing I just told her. And she looked at me and she said, what is going on? Who is telling you this? Who? Can, you know, and I'm like, yeah. you know, it's a gift. Um, and there was no denying it. I told her, I said, this is something that God has given me to pay it forward to families. And, and it's the most beautiful thing ever. I'm still kind of in the mix of trying to figure this out myself. Well, then people start waking me up in the middle of the night and I tell her, say, Hey, there's a guy in our bathroom. What? You know, <laughs> that's and not what like, you want to wake up hearing. <laughs> and she goes, what do you mean? I was like, he's in the bathroom and he's asking me about his necklace. And I'm like blown away. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. You know, I'm, you're going to have to tell your people to call me because I don't know. Next morning, I get a phone call, and it was a uh, Baltimore Ravens football player that passed away. His brother called me, and while we're talking, he said, this is him. Ask him about my necklace. And I was like, what's going on with this necklace? He said, how do you know about the necklace? You know, they're in Florida. I'm in Texas. He always wore these praying hands necklace, um, and he was wearing it the day of the accident. He got to the hospital, and um, it was missing. They didn't know where it was. And I said, well, he told me that this lady has it. This is what she looks like, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, we actually drove down to there to deliver the casket. And it was really cool. Uh, solid bronze. And it had Louis Vuitton interior. Oh, We wow. had to go buy bags and cut these bags to put in there because that's what they wanted. Whoa. You went all out. Yeah. What's that? Put his helmet on there? Yeah. And we did. We, we cut his actual helmet uh, and put it on there. They sent it oh. from uh, the Ravens. Now we're actually really good friends with them. So... Um, but we drive down there and, and at, they didn't really know what happened at the access. I said, well, take me to there and let's see what we find out. And I was like, okay, he was coming from here. It's like, he hit the lady here. He ended up here. And they're like, how do you know? I'm like, and this is where he's at. So it was like, but the lady that has it is a white lady. And I was like, no, no, there's no white people that live around here. Huh. And I was like, no. Um, uh, and, um, I said, what was the EMS lady? You know, what, what did she look like? Oh, she was this and described her. I said, go ask my wife who I told her who has it. 
And um, he goes over there and says, hey, what did Trey, who did he say has this? And she described exactly what he said. He turned around and looked at me and was like, and she actually had it and I got it back. So it was awesome. So she did have it. Oh, wow. She did. Uh, and she said that she was just taking stuff off and, and forgot yeah, you know, yeah. the, to put it because it was in the way when they were trying to revive him at yeah, the scene. Yeah. And um, so this was something new. This is, I, I could tell you stories for days. And then now I'm getting, um, I write in my book. I have a book and if. I'm up between three and four in the morning. I don't open my eyes. I just start writing. Um, it's not my handwriting sometimes. Sometimes it is. Sometimes I can't read it. But it all comes. And I started having really vivid dreams is what I call them. But solved murder cases through this. It's been really wild because it's, it was in South Dakota. I saw this little girl. I knew what had happened. I didn't see it, but I knew. And I knew there was two guys. Uh, one was left-handed, and he had this specific tattoo on his hand because I saw him open the door to leave. I see the car they get into. I describe it to a T. And it was actually her uncle, and they found out. I mean, it was like, how do you know every specific detail, and you live here? And so they actually closed that case with that. So the little you think you think the girl who was she was murdered she was she came to you yep to get some she resolution she told me and family, I'm like okay yeah and it was really weird because I'm like okay I don't know where you are I see your face I can see all this and I know the uh, the car the the describe the guy to a T the blue cutlass had spoke wheels and I left yeah left hand to open the door and he had a tattoo very specific I drew it it was in my book and. Um, yeah, it was it was wild because I've never been there. But she knew that I was going to get a phone call. Well, this was on an Indian reservation, which they very rarely come out of their community for anything. But one of the tribal council ladies called me and said, had seen what I had done for some of the kids and wanted to know if we could make something special for her. And I was like, yeah. And I'm, she sent me a picture of her and I was like, wait a minute. Because they had different information from what I had. And... Uh, they said she did this herself. I was like, nope, this is who did it, blah, 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 and she's oh, really? pregnant. Yeah, and they're like, what? Whoa. No, she's not. I said, and she was, they they actually did an autopsy, and she was. So, um, yeah, that was the beginning. So I'm like going, oh, my God. I mean, it was just like the movie The Sixth Sense, if anybody's seen that. I have every element of that kid, except when I see people, they're pure. What and, do you mean that they're pure when you see people? So, like in that movie, you saw them. They I saw it a long time ago, yeah. so I don't remember all the details. So, so if if you were in an accident and you lost your arm, when I see you, you have it. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So you don't see them in this like horrible traumatic state. This this goes to another part. I'm sorry, from just keeping. Do you on. think it's maybe the way they want you to see them, or it's just the way they are in spirit? It's it's uh it's the way they are. They're pure. They're whole, and it's a beautiful thing because you don't take your elements with you when you go. You know, um, and here's the crazy part, because this was all in the beginning. This is kind of, I think, when we came to see you or a little bit before. And everybody was telling me, be careful because you're going to get some bad stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I don't deal with that. I don't want to deal with it. They know. So I don't get it. So a lot of negative energy. I just brush it off. I'm like, no, not today. You know, bye. So I'm I'm writing in my book again. It's the middle of the night. I'm having this dream. And this mom and dad are bringing this kid to me. And he's got a saggy face on one side. You know, like you had a stroke. I'm like, no, nah, get away. Go. I don't want to talk to you. I know they're divorced. I, I just know, you know, I, I don't. And so I'm like, okay. 
And then a few minutes later, I see this kid playing with this yellow lab. And he's calling the dog's name, throwing this ball. And he's yelling out a particular name. And I'm going, okay, I don't know who that is. So I'm writing all this down, and I'm getting it. And then I see this little boy getting taken away. He's wearing a Halloween costume in a van. And I'm mad because I know this little boy is going to get taken on Halloween. And Halloween's in two days. So I'm upset. And I'm like, okay, why am I getting these visions if I can't prevent this? So freaked me out but i uh and like okay so i don't even go out halloween and i'm i love halloween we go out we have fun but that that time i didn't next day i'm at uh, home depot picking up some supplies and this lady calls and she says hey i'm a grandma uh and my grandson has cancer um he's been real sick and we want you to do a little train casket for him and i'm like okay cool um can you send me some pictures i'm in home depot when i get out i'll call you and and i'll you know, go over some stuff with you. So she sent me pictures of him because I get a lot through pictures of people. And if you ever do a read with me, bring a picture of who you want. And I will tell you a lot. Uh, it's just the way that it works with me. So she sends me all these pictures. I don't look at them. I get in the car on the way home and I'm looking at this little boy and you know, this was two years ago. This was this, this was this. And then there's the saggy face picture. It's the same little boy that I sent away. And I get mad because I'm like, dang it. I've sent this little kid away and he came to me. And I'm like, how do I tell this lady that calls for a casket that her grandson came to me two nights ago and he's still alive? Wow. And I'm like, okay, how does this happen? So I'm still learning in the learning process. So I pick up the phone. I was like, I just got to call her. So I call her back. I was like, hey, um, got a question for you. I said, what happened two nights ago, Thursday night? And she said, oh, man. She said, he coded and they brought him back. And I'm like, okay. I was like. He came to me. I was like, are his parents separated? She said, yeah, how do you know? I'm like, I just know. I was like, I said, who is the name he was calling out? And she said, well, that's my son, and he's coming down in two weeks to visit him. I was like, does he have a yellow Labrador, the dog's name this, and have this special toy? Yes, how do you know? I was like, well, this all came the other night, and it was blowing me away, and, and her at the same time, but she knew there was no way that I would know this. And I said, well, he's waiting for his i guess that would be his uncle to show up to pass and he wanted to see the dog again i was like but the only thing that i can't figure out is when i saw this little boy he was wearing a costume and i thought he was gonna go on halloween she said let me explain that to you she said we dress him in a costume every day because halloween is his favorite holiday oh wow. i'm like okay now i get it so that was that was my switching of not turning everybody away, but to, I'm learning, you know, there were, there's yeah. so many different elements that have, have come in the past few years. And, and when I mean that, it was like this door opened, it opened and it was just full steam ahead. And everybody's like, wow. And, I, um, that's why we came to see you because I'm like, okay, I need to know what happened. And, and I think that after me and my wife left you, our experience of the past life blew both of us away. And I don't know if you remember everything that we said, but I went in and told you everything or whatever happened. And we were together before. And she said the exact same thing, the exact same place, the exact same tree. And so it was like, okay, I get it. You Oh, so you had separate consultations and then... Separate regressions. A, yeah. yeah had, but went back to the same life where they were together <laughs> in a different life without telling each other beforehand. Yeah. 
Yeah, we, I walk outside and I was like, oh, there's a tree I was under. She said, what? That's the tree I was under. And it was this huge oak tree and it, it was pretty awesome. And, and one of my really good friends that passed away just recently was buried under the same oak tree. And there's been a connection there that was her husband before. And it was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, I told you you liked him. You know, we're cutting around. And she's like, no, I don't. You know, but it was, it was great. And it all pulled everything together. But for me, I, I, I don't know if you've had that happen before, Mm-mm. but that blew me away even because she explained to her session to me and I'm like, uh, wait a minute. I said the same thing. And anyway, so that was my brother and, um, now my wife. Wow. Yeah. You, Tiana would never say anything, you know, cause confidential. Kind, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you told the story. No, I had to, because it. that was like something very special to us. And to us, that was not confidential for us because it was mind blowing. Yeah. Like literally. So what made you guys want to get a past life regression? We, um, well, when I started getting all of these messages, we were watching Teresa Caputo on the on TV <laughs> yeah. and she did one. So I'm like, I want to do that. I want to know, you know, what this is and, you know, if all of this, how this comes into play with life today. And that's how we ended up right here today. Okay. On <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, glad. So I was wondering... Um, as far as the information coming through, are you able to like shut off from it? Certain like, does it just come in all day long? Do you get a break from it? Can you like turn it on and turn it off, or is it just like constantly bombarding you? Because I think of I can't think of which movie, but I've seen some movies like that where they're just like constantly showing up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that would be just overwhelming. I'm, I I don't get overwhelmed, and I do kind of just zone out, and I, mean, I can cut it off when I want, but. But when I drink, oh my lord, we're out at restaurants and there's people standing on. You need to come talk to my mom. This is her. You need to come tell her that I'm okay. And and it's like there's 10, 15 people in every restaurant we go to that are standing there by their loved one. And I'm like, okay. I've even had my wife pull up a chair for a lady to sit down so I could talk to her. Ah, uh, and for spirit lady. For spirit lady. <laughs> and she's like, what? And we took a picture of that chair, and you could see her oar in the chair. It was wow. so amazing. And she wanted her necklace back from her granddaughter that she loaned a week before for prom. I ended up doing her casket two days later, and it was one of my sister's friends. And she said, well, if you see her, you let me know. She's always asking me if I see people, please call her. I said, well, did Mama look like this? And she has a little purse. She's about 90 pounds. And yep, that's her. I was like, okay, she's here. What'd she say? I was like, she's not here yet. She's at the front door. Cause I could see her standing there waiting on me. Like I had to invite her over. And I love that. Cause now they know that I have to acknowledge them, you know? So they quit waking me up so much in the middle of the night, but they still do, especially children. Children are around me more so than, um, Anybody, you know, Mr. Mr. Help me. Uh, I'm lost. And this was another one, a little boy in Tennessee. I could see where he was, did not know he had passed away. He was following a little dog and got lost in the woods. Hmm. Uh, Grandma was watching him and I was talking to my sister and I was telling her, I said, this is a little boy. I said, I can see where he's at. I can see this rock formation. He's by this and that and, and explained to her. Well, she calls over to Tennessee to where they're looking and I'm going, okay, this is going to be strange, you know, but. They go right there and there he is. And uh, so it was hard for me to accept all that in the beginning, but the closure that the families get is very heartwarming for me. So it's a blessing to be able to bless others, to be able to help them. And 
it's just I've got stories for days and all this has happened into the past probably what five years yes so do you think like is there I mean maybe it varies do you think there's a time period of how long a spirit kind of hangs around the earth realm and maybe wants to communicate with their loved ones and so forth and then and then goes on and you know or do you think I mean I guess it would depend on this the soul well it depends because I've during readings people come up that have passed away 20 years ago mm-hmm. you know like they'll step in and and for me it's like okay if there's something left untold they want to make sure that you get that mm-hmm. then they may go on to their next journey to wherever they're going to be but it's like for me if if they know that i'm communicating with someone that can pass that message on because a lot of people go okay i'm coming today and i was like well is there anybody very particular that you're looking for because Sometimes those people don't come in. Somebody else is going to come in and you're not, you're going to be blindsided, by, you know, blindsided by it. And it happens all the time. I want to try to focus on what they want. I was like, but I have to tell you that. And Michelle's always telling me too. you know, it's like, okay, you're going to get what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's awesome. I've, I'm learning every read I do right now between 16 and 22 reads a week. Yesterday I did seven. Tomorrow I'll do another seven. And when our TV show kicks off, I don't know how far out we'll be booked. Um, and that's coming up pretty quick. I can't say an actual date yet, because, uh, but it will be on A&E, Trey the Texas Medium, which is going to be really exciting for us. Uh, yeah. And that kind of fell in my lap in a funny way. That that story's funny, too. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. How'd that happen? So I did a uh, rapper that passed away called 50 Pack. And Viceland did a documentary on me. And they filmed it while I was building it. I put a stereo in it, you know, blinged it out. It was it was a full blown rapper casket. It was it was actually pretty cool. Um, and they talked to his girlfriend, so they aired it. And this man calls me while I'm driving down the road. He goes, "Hey, I want your TV show." And I'm like, "Okay, whatever." You know, I've heard that before. He said, "My name's Anthony Zyker. Do you know who I am?" I'm like, "No." He goes, "Have you ever seen CSI?" I'm like, yeah, that's me. Terminator 4, I did all those shows. That's me. I produced. I didn't. So Whoa. I'm like, well, if anybody can do it, you can. He goes, when can we meet? When can we? I want to meet you. I'm like, okay. This is Tuesday. I said, how about Thursday? Where do I fly in? I said, how about Austin? You know, we're two hours from here. And um, he said, sure, perfect. And I said, well, I'll meet you there. We'll have dinner. Then Friday you'll come. He wanted to film. He has no idea that I'm a medium. He's just a casket builder. Oh, okay. So that's what the vice story was about. Yeah. So, okay. And and so he shows up Thursday, me and Michelle meet him, uh, downtown Austin and, and, uh, we go out to eat, sit down there and, and we're talking and he's hyped up. He's got his computer out talking about these caskets and can you build this and what can you build? And I look at him, I said, who's the black guy with the cigar and the cane? It says he's your professor. And he looked at me and he said, what? I was like, no, he's passed away, but he's here with you, and he wants to tell you this. He took his glasses off, sat back in his chair. He's like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> he goes, oh, my gosh. And then there was another word that came up, and, you know, I was like, what is this? I was like, it's really weird. I was like, it's it's like Lord of the Rings, the the thing called the Smeagol, but it's not Smeagol. He looks at me and said, it's Sweagol, and it's I'm writing a New York Broadway play, and that's the main character's name. He goes, you're my wife doesn't even know that. He goes, oh, my God, I'm going to call Jimmy Fox right now because that's one of the guys that was going to help produce the show. And he calls me. He says, this dude, 
is not only a casket builder, he's a medium. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? He goes, <laughs> I don't know. And so that's how it really started. And then they came in and he uh, filmed the next day. Um, and a family called, lost a little child, and they didn't have any funds. He said, I want to pay for it. Just see if they'll let me you know, film while I'm here. I was like, well, do you mind? I was like, and I told him who he was, and they were honored to have that done. And so he's got his camera. He's in my office. I'm talking to these people. And her mom steps in and starts talking to me, telling me she received a little boy that passed away. And he starts filming the ground because his mouth's opened because spirit stepped in and was talking. And it gave that family so much comfort. We ended up building their casket. And he goes back. He says, let me see what I can do. He had some you know, footage and he grabbed a few more things at the shop. And he says, you know, we'll see what we can do. And um, he called me two weeks later, and he says, I got great news. I said, what? He said, Annie bought your show. I said, what? Wow. He said, it's really rare. He said, but they don't care anything about your casket building. He said, all they want is medium stuff. And I'm like, I really don't do that. You know, I, I build caskets. So they came back, two weeks filmed, and nothing but reads. Every one of them were fantastic. And I was like blown away because it was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I was like, but I'm still doing caskets. He takes it back. While they were there for the two weeks, he calls me back about a month later and says, well, they've never done this before. They want me to come back. They want you to get a phone call. They want the family to come in, talk to you about their loved one, build a casket or urn, and then reveal it to them. I said, so you want me to do what I really do on a daily basis? Perfect. Come on back. I go through the whole process then, yeah. And it, and it was really amazing how that worked. They had no idea how to film this, like, at all, because it's not something you can plan. Yeah. And and there is no script. You know, that was the best part for me, that they were like, okay, well, what do we do? Well, you film what happens, and we go from there. And I was like, do not ever stop me while I'm reading someone. You can ask questions afterwards. You know, hey, can you re-ask that because we missed that angle or whatever. So everything in it is 100% authentic, and it's great. Yeah, that sounds really good. I'm going to definitely be watching that. So doing like seven, seven readings in a day, like how does that affect your energy? Does it some, is it sometimes draining, or do you feel like super, like the way we feel with David the Crystal Skull, <laughs> do you feel super <laughs> energized, or how does that affect you? I, it, it doesn't affect me at all because I don't use my energy. And that's the best part of it. I will let the emotions out while I'm talking to people. And one of the coolest things that I have that I feel is I'm able to give you a hug from the people who've passed. And Like the movie Ghost. Yeah, pretty much like the movie Ghost. I will. And when people get a hug from me, it's like they'll either smell their dad's old tire shop, um, their mom's cooking, whatever it may be. But they feel it and the energy like when you grab that while ago, mm-hmm. amplify that by like 10, 15 times. And wow. it's just like, wow. So my wife was like the first time I got up to give this girl a hug. She's like, wait a minute. Huh? What are you doing? Uh, now it's funny. We kind of joke. She goes, yeah, he's probably going to hug you. If somebody comes in. So <laughs> well, that, it's crazy you're saying this because that, that actually happened to me once. Um, I, I dated a girl for a couple of years and her mom ended up passing away while we were together. And then it was a few days later and we were at the apartment and for whatever reason I gave her a hug and it was like I wasn't in my body anymore yes. 
and I knew it was her. She was hugging her daughter, mm-hmm. and I could feel it. I could feel everything. So I'm but like, I was like, give me some of that. Yeah. But I was like separated from yes. my body. It's hard to describe. It's like an out of body experience for you. And it's like you allow them yep. to use. Yeah, it's hundred percent. It happened to me. That's yeah. crazy. I've never heard anyone else describe that before. Yeah. Tim, yeah. Tim, the Texas medium. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that was just the one time. Yeah. yeah. No, that happens to me on a daily basis that's, when I'm doing reads. That's uh, amazing. And not everybody gets one because I know when it's going to happen because my mouth starts watering and I just get this tingling sensation. And everybody said, all right, get up. And, oh. and it's, it's a... Uh, you know, so I, that's a cue. Then. It's a cue for me that uh-huh. they're ready, and and my body starts freaking out. Um, I was reading with another gentleman, like we were doing double reads, uh, and it was pretty cool actually because every medium gets something totally different than somebody else, you know. But we would do double reads, and I actually got up and gave hugs, you know. And then it was like he was like, "Hey, go give him a hug now." I'm like, "No, it doesn't work that way," <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm not just gonna stand up because it's that's not what's happening. Yeah. Um, so, that would just be you hugging them. Yeah, yeah that's that, me. And yeah. they know the difference because they get a hug from me on the way out anyway. But yeah. the crazy thing is I become family with everybody we read. You know, it's a it's a it's a great healing experience and, and not only that, it's just a a very close personal um relationship that you share with these people while they're there. Yeah, that's pretty special. That's the best part about it, I'm sure, you know, is the relationships that you build from that. Um you know, there's more, it seems like there's more and more of these kind of shows and people interested in paranormal stuff and maybe even more paranormal stuff is happening now. What do you, what do you think about all that? I don't think more is happening. I think people are okay to talk about it now. You know, it was like tattoos back in the day, you know, you didn't want to have any showing and now they're showing everywhere. Now, now that people are actually, their eyes are being opened by the paranormal activity, they're actually acknowledging and being able to move forward. It's like, there's there's just more people open to it now you know and like me i've shut this off my whole life because i was taught it was wrong and most people are taught it's wrong you know you're not supposed to seek out this medium and you know and this and that i'm like well you know i didn't seek this out this came to me it's not like i summoned this or you know it was a gift i just and it just bloomed do people ever respond in a fearful, like when you're at the restaurant after you've had a drink and you see them all in the restaurant and you go up to, so do people ever respond from a fearful place or, or in a negative way at no. all? Or? And the reason is, is if that person that is passed is telling me to come tell them something, they need to hear it. It's not a, I'm, you know, it's not like pulling tricks or anything like that. And, and my wife used to be my icebreaker. I would always say, babe, that lady over there her sister is here and you need to go tell her. And so I'd buy a drink and send it over there. And my wife would go, Hey, this is for my husband. You know, he has a gift and he wants you to know your sister's here. And they're like, and then they come running over and then we have conversation. Um, we've become great friends with a lot of people because of that. Um, I think one of the, my favorites was we were at the restaurant and I drive a Dooley Hearst. So, you know, it's got the, funeral bars on the back it's a lowered dually so we you didn't drive that here today i didn't did. oh, okay. I, I, no i, I kind of quit driving that uh, because i put it in the fleet uh, but i have a big jacked up one now um but so we're we're at this restaurant and there's a guy um and he looks like he'd live in austin he's a cool dude had his plaid shirt on um he had curly mustache uh sitting with his wife and i can't remember who was it his mom I sent over there? Was it his mom? I don't remember the story yet. 
Uh, okay. Uh, so anyway, there's been so many she can't remember. He's, 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 Once he starts going, he's over. probably thirty years old, thirty-two, something like that. And um, I sent him a drink over there and told him this is from your mom. We were in Houston. We were in Houston. Yes. Now you know. Now you remember. And um, goody seafood. Yeah. Goody seafood. Yep, there's your <laughs> plug. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so I walk over there and tell him this is from who it was and they passed away. I said, I know, but they're still with you. And they want me to tell you this. And he looked at me, he goes, you're driving the white dually, aren't you? <laughs> I started laughing. He said, he said, when I came in, he said, that was a badass truck. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, I wonder why it has the funeral bars on it. It's an actually a hearse. We actually use it, which is, is a unique thing for us too, because now you can go on the last ride with your family member. Oh, yeah. And even if you're freaked out a little bit by somebody being passed away, it's a separate because the cab is separate from the bed, even though it has the cover on it and that. Um, but most of the time, it's awesome because we drive and, and the pallbearers get to ride there. And, of course, you know, they want to have the last drink and they turn on the music, their favorite song that they used to. It's, it's, it's really unique. Um, so That's great because I think, you know, our culture has we don't talk about death. And it's so we have this big fear and because we're not talking about it, then people are not prepared. And of course it happens, it's going to happen. Um, but to be able to create ways to, you know, utilize it as honoring or celebrating life and a way for people to come together, just to kind of create a whole new way to work with death is important. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's definitely part of our evolution as a species is to really accept death. You know, it's part, you, you can't have life without death. That's right. And, you know, it's a blessing for us to be able to, to create these services now, you know, and, and it's funny because we do like hunting and fishing shows, you know, fishing shows and people walk up and, oh my gosh, there's caskets here, but it's got a marlin fish coming out of it and it's got a fishing pole and they're like, so the, the number one question I get from the people who are really scared of death, why would I want that? And I'm like, okay, why would you want that? Do you take your kids fishing? Yeah. I was like, well, don't you want them to remember what you did, why you were here? And they're going to start talking about the fishing stories. So one of the coolest experiences I had, and this was right when I started, a friend of mine's dad passed away and he was a bass player in a band. He had this pink Fender guitar and... They're like, hey, will you do me something cool? And I was like, yep. I was like, bring me the guitar. And they, I said, you'll get it back. I said, but bring it to me. So they brought me this pink Fender guitar. I, I color matched the guitar. I painted a guitar on the top of the casket. I actually strung it so it had strings on it. And it looked just like dad's guitar. And I called them. I was working on another casket. It was about 8 o'clock at night. They show up. Of course, you know, they're celebrating a little bit. Their sister and two brothers, they're drinking beer. They walk in the shop. And they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I was like, I'm going to give you all some time to check it out. I'm going to be back here working. Take us. Two hours later, I walk over there. They're still cutting up laughing. Do you remember when Dad played with Uncle Vinny out at Schrader Hall? I mean, they're talking about all the stories and stuff. I'm like, this is why I do what I do. Yeah. Who else is going to stand in front of a casket? Their dad's going to be in tomorrow telling stories, drinking beer, having a good time. That's what this is about. So it. For me, that was some validation of that this is the right thing to do. Yeah. 
So you must have always been pretty handy to be able to make these kind of creations. I've been building stuff with my hands since I was a little bitty. You know, I would tear apart all my toys, try to put them back together. And, you know, especially the electrical stuff, you know, I'm like, okay, I want to take this little stereo part and put it back together. And then, you know, I got into the fabrication when I was 14 years old. My dad bought me a 69 Mustang and it needed a lot of work. But he bought me a car. You know, it started. And, you know, I'm like, okay. He said, you can fix it by the time you're of age. And my dad was not a handy guy. So there were some guys in the neighborhood that worked on cars. They were older, probably 10, 15 years older than me. And um, that's all they did. So I was like, hey, I got this car. Can y'all help me and show me? And I built this car. And it was the coolest car by the time I turned 16. And it had a big block in it. Of course, I had so many tickets because, you know, it was a fast <laughs> Mustang. And um but that's what started it. And then I wanted this cool stereo in there. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to watch somebody. And I watched them build this stuff. I'm like, that's it. I can do that. I took homemaking in junior high. I learned how to sew. No, I can sew. I took wood shops so I can, you know, you do wood. And and um, my buddies, when we were working on the car, they taught me how to weld. And so I weld. I, I mean, I can do everything. And that's kind of how this transitioned. And it was yeah. super easy for me because it's like, his caskets don't have a lot of moving parts, you know, and it's pretty basic. I can do the upholstery and a paint a casket and have it completed in six hours. Painted, wow. done, back together, ready to go. You know, this is yeah. easy compared to all the hot rod and stuff that I did in the day. So, yeah. Isn't that beautiful, though, like how you can look back in your life and you can see how all the little pieces came together to create, you know, what you really came here to do? I'm sure. If we asked you when you were a teenager, what are you going to do when you grow up? You weren't like, I'm going to be a medium. I'm going to talk to oh. dead people and I'm going to build yeah. caskets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would, the, the medium and, and the medium part would probably have been a no, that's not happening. <laughs> and the casket, yeah, because I knew I wanted to do that. That was my dream. I didn't know how to do it. And when I met my wife 22 and a half years ago, I told her I want to do caskets. She's like, okay, weirdo, what, you know, what's <laughs> wrong with you? And um she didn't get it right then until we did the first one and she went and it was like i get it this is amazing and my son the same way okay this is weird dad we have caskets in the hot rod shop and you know he did a delivery for me and that changed his life he called me from the funeral home dad i don't care what i do ever again i want to do this because he delivered a casket to a family and the way they brought him in and accepted him he didn't paint it he was just a delivery guy now he's my painter. Oh, and wow. So that's great. we call him Wild Bill, Billy. Uh, <laughs> he does a fantastic job. Um, and he's young. He's he's 22 years old. Um, fixing to be 23. Yeah. Well, that, that's really nice to have your son working with you, too, though. Yeah. He's a, he's a fisherman. You know, that's his thing. He, he loves to fish. So if, if he's not working at the shop, he's fishing. Yeah. Yeah, I can kind of relate to that story because uh, my wife and I had a flower shop for a while and, you know, running a small business is really hard work. You put a lot into it and a lot of times you get very little back. And um, anyway, when we would have deliveries to the funeral homes too, and it is, it is a special thing to be able to bring the families something they want. And my wife was, she's like an artist, you know, she creates the flowers and she would do exactly what they wanted, you know, to the casket sprays and stuff and it was really special to go and, and give them that because, you know, it's their, their parting gift to their loved one. Yeah. It, it changes a lot, you know, especially that and, and changes the whole mood, um, which was 
pretty like the first casket we delivered oh my goodness you know it was a little girl's casket um this guy called he said he saw us at a they have conventions for caskets by the way oh wow. Uh, so all the new products coming out and everything else and um so i had i don't know 12 caskets on display that we painted tricked out and um this guy came by and got one of my cards well he calls me he's a funeral director out of houston and he said he had a little girl that passed away she drowned and I delivered that casket, and they met me halfway. They were in Houston, uh, in the parking lot. And when that thing left me, I just sat in the parking lot and I cried. You know, I'm like, "That's somebody's baby," and I have a baby, so I'm like, mm. "Yeah." But he calls me eleven o'clock that night, and you know, of course, me as a painter and fabricator, like, what happened? Did something happen? You know, I'm like, I'm upset. You know, I'm like, do I answer this phone call? He's calling me at eleven o'clock at night. And he is on cloud nine. Oh, my God. You should have seen that casket in the sun and what the family thought. It was the most beautiful thing. And I'm going, okay, great, great. Because, you know, I was nervous. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, shipping and handling and things like that, we don't, you know, it's un- out of our control once it leaves our hands. So that's uh, that's something we have to kind of always get into. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, a lot goes into those things. And you just use like a shipping company for something like that or Delta Cargo. Okay. Airplane so special. Ship okay. Anywhere in the United States, you can have it the next day. Yeah. Are you sponsored by that? No. <laughs> I wish they would give me a discount. <laughs> um, we've used quite other companies, but they always damage stuff. And mm-hmm. for me, you don't have time. And if it's in Chicago, how are you going to fix it? Um, the, one of the stories they have is we shipped one to Chicago. It arrived that morning. They're having the funeral that afternoon. They called me from the airport and the forklift driver ran through, broke the box and tore a handle off one side and a piece of the hardware. You can't just fix that right there. Uh, this, they called me at like 9am. Their funeral service was at five. How can we fix this? And we had a casket just like that one. I pulled the hardware off. I gave it to my secretary at the time. I said, go to Houston. I'll have you a flight by the time you get there. And we flew her to Chicago. And this was, you know, I think February. Yes, it was really cool. We didn't think about Chicago, you know, going to be like minus whatever. And she's got like leggings on and a T-shirt and her purse and a little bag with hardware, a couple of tools to replace this piece that broke. They pick her up at the airport and it's like six degrees and she's, they're like, what are you? So she, they pick her up at three. Typical she, Texan. Yeah. She, they pick her up at three, drive to the funeral home. They make people wait outside, takes her 15 minutes to switch these pieces out, put it back on. And, uh, so she's at the funeral home in like workout clothes and, and everybody's coming in all dressed up and you know, she's, uh. She doesn't belong there, but she does. So we fixed it. That funeral home still calls us to this day. That's above and beyond. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, for me, it, it it's more about that. It's not that family's fault. You know, mm-hmm. we can't build another casket and ship it. It's the same day. There's no way to fix it unless I put somebody on an airplane to take it. Because even if we try to ship it overnight, it's too late. You have to get on an airplane hands on. Then you got to find somebody who's going to be able to bolt it on. So we gave her a little crash course. It's two bolts. Pull this off, you know, put it back, tighten it back up. It was perfect. Wow. What about your loved ones on the other side? Do they ever come over and uh, talk to you? Or uh, They're around me uh, quite often. My Uncle Frankie, he is, uh, he's always around. Um, he's always in my shop, jacking with stuff in the shop, always. 
Um, my grandmother comes, um, both of them actually, uh, Merle and Nanny. Nanny's around too, especially when we're cooking. Like she'll show up because that was her thing. She loved putting the family together. This year she made everybody come to my house for Christmas, and that was like pulling teeth for me. But it turned out really good. No drama. Everybody was great. And we had her traditional thing, which is grape leaves, is what she used to make all the time. So we cooked grape leaves and good bay. Um, it wasn't a traditional dinner, but it was her traditional dinner. And she was there for that also. But you know, a lot of my relatives and close friends, it's hard for me to read. And I think it's more so because I know so much about them and, you know, I get bits and pieces, but nothing that's really full blown that's going to help them. And so I always try to tell my close friends and family members that if you don't get anything, it's okay. But the number one question I get when people meet me, what do you see with me? What do you see with me? And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. If they're here and I tell you, then and I can yeah. tell you. Yeah. So. Once your show airs, not only are you going to have the non-physical people uh, <laughs> hunting you down, all these people are going to be like, oh, that's the medium. Go find him. They um, they do that now. We've done a couple of talk shows and, and other stuff and, and have been on social media. Uh, and so a lot of people will come up to me and just like, okay, hey, I need you to tell me this. Or people will invite me to a party and want me to read everybody. And I'm trying to just go to this party and have a good time. Yeah. And so it's kind of annoying sometimes. Sure. And I'm like, look, if I'm here and somebody shows herself to me, I will talk to you. Don't follow me around this party all night long going, what do you see? What do you get? What do you see? What do you get? No, I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. You're so. going to need like a t-shirt or a button that you wear out <laughs> yeah. to parties that say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not that I don't want to give people that. It's just that's not the way it works for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it has to come naturally and it's not forced. Um, so... Yeah, and it's happened, and, and it's going to get worse, and, and people are going to want to hang out with us more, and me and my wife are like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, we know when people are genuine and not, um, so, and, and we work through that way, you know, it's a, it's a new path for us. Yeah. Are you guys doing, currently, like, filming right now, or not right is now. it over? Okay. We're done. We, 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 we actually filmed 12 episodes, um, so they were with us for 14 weeks. Um, and 11 hour days. We had one day off a week. Oh, wow. So, uh, it was pretty intense and it was awesome at the same time, but they had no idea. And the first person who came in for a casket, nobody said a word. It was just like, you could hear a pin drop because this was real, you know? And that was the thing when everybody came, the first speech I got up and said, I was like, look, everybody here has to believe in me. Because if you're putting off negative energy, it damps the read. You know, it really does. And if and so when people bring somebody who's a very hard skeptic and are over there just having in their brain, I, I'm getting that energy. So it messes with the read. So I always tell people, if you're bringing somebody like that, it's probably going to mess up your read just because of the energy they're putting off. And, you know, people know when you pull up next to somebody anywhere, if you meet somebody, you know that. If you want to hang out with that person or not, you know, the connection, the energy they're putting on. Same thing when people come for reads. So. So even like the crew and everything were kind of like shocked a little because it was so real. Like somebody came in and it's had a loved one pass away. Yes. I guess. Yeah. That's what changed things. You know, the readings, they were all like, what? How do you, you know, they were all coming up to me and it was great. The whole, the whole crew, by the third day they were filming with me, how in the world do you get that? You know? Because I, I would make sure that I'm like, okay, guys, y'all are going to have to show yourself so I can let them know this is real. And I knew nothing about who was coming to my shop. 
you know, it's like when I walked around the corner, I didn't know if it was a family, um, you know, what it, it was just, I didn't want to know if male, female, you know, teenager, adult, anything. You just, when I walk around the corner for the read, I, I want to see them for the first time when I walk around the corner. Now, of course, I've already got everything written down in my book because spirit has given me this message already. Um, and I flip through there and that really freaks people out because you can't Google the stuff that I have in my book, you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thanks for driving in and everything. And you bet. It's we look great. forward to when the show comes out. Yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. I'm ready though. <laughs> All right. Well, is there any way, anything you want the listeners to know? Like, is there a website they can go to to find out more about the show or anything? Um, right now, we don't have anything up. Okay. Um, Trey, the Texas Medium. You can Google it, and it'll pull up stuff. Um, my business is actually called Soulshine Industries, um, and my Facebook page. You know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. A little bit on Instagram. Um, I'm just so busy. I don't have time to stop and post, which I know I need to, but I will have somebody taking care of all my stuff. And uh, when you do message, you're not getting me, you're getting my assistant. So she will pass the messages on to me. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Trey and Michelle Ganim for taking the time to talk with us. We really enjoyed hanging out with them. If you'd like to know more about them, you can find their casket making business online at soulshineindustries.com. And if you want to know more about Trey's gifts as a medium and his upcoming A&E TV show, you can Google Trey the Texas Medium. That's Trey spelled T-R-E-Y. And before we go, I'd like to say thank you very much to Casey Henson for creating the music we use on this podcast, and to Tiana Roser for all the work she does to keep this podcast going stronger than ever. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. And you can find us on social media as well. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. This will help other people find us. Take care.